The virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. My name is Terry Schilling, filling in for the legendary leader of the war room posse stephen k bannon we have a pat we still have a lot to get through today uh my goodness biden gets COVID. uh jack you just made a point in the break i want you to talk about the the crisis of the vaccinated i mean what these guys keep getting COVID. it's not stopping well, anything right and so we were told how many times were we told going into the winter, this is going to be the winter of doom, right? The winter of doom, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And this is why the, this was the same political rhetoric, Terry, and you know this, that the Biden administration used to impose those federal mandates on not only the federal workforce, but the United States military. And uh, tens of thousands of people were either forced to take it and then thousands more were kicked out of the military. Highly trained individuals. This is the reason, by the way, that we're now seeing the recruitment numbers go down in addition to the military going completely woke, right? Recruitment numbers are so far down that they're reducing the size of the United States military at the same time that the administration, as Ben was just pointing out, is picking a fight with Russia in Eurasia. That's, that's, you know, just a great strategy right there all around. Then... You had people who were every single one of these religious men, or excuse me, religious exemptions in many of these cases was denied. They were not given the religious exemptions when people said they and because they had specific they had specific concerns over the fact that these vaccines. And yes, I'm going to say it were developed through the use of abortion derived cells. We know this. That was part of the testing process. And there are a lot of people, Terry, you and I find ourselves in that same camp that have a huge problem with using uh, something that is derived from abortion because of the moral implications of that to be a product that you and I would would take would it, would in, and, and then would give to our children, our wife, et cetera, et cetera. Right. These are huge issues. Jack, but the Biden administration it, said it, for all of this that it, because the unvaccinated the, that the only way to stop the transmission, and Deborah Burks, we have her lies too, by the way, she told us that the vaccines will stop transmission. She knew it was a lie. She said it wasn't a lie. It was a hope. It was a hope. Well, where's your hope now for Joe Biden, who apparently has got cancer and COVID? Jack, they're, they're using this to purge our military of That's right. like the cream of the crop, right? I mean, the, if you're still not vaccinated, if after all of that hysteria, right, and you didn't get vaxxed, you're either principled, a critical thinker, right, a creative, you're you're the type of person that you actually want in the military, 
right? I got a guy, a neighbor of mine, his son went to West Point. They kicked him out of the military over the, over not getting vaxxed. They denied his religious exemption. And it's like, who are you familiar with any legal groups that are representing these guys? Uh, I, you know, I know that the military has a totally different legal system, but like, I mean, how do they fight back? Is there anyone actually well, so, fighting over it? Yeah, there is. And I'll tell you who is. And this is something that was said recently. And the guy doesn't get a lot of credit for it. But there is one leader in the United States who said that he was going to make it a priority to make sure that every single person that was kicked over the, out over the, of our military, every single one of our honored troops that was treated this way, treated like garbage, by the way, like absolute garbage, kicked to the curb after having sworn an oath to stand up for the country. I'm sorry, I get a little passionate about this one. There was one person who said that he would reinstate them in full with time served, and that is Donald J. Trump. He said it at a recent rally. I think it's one of the best things. It's one of the best political moves he's made. Donald Trump has this great ability in politics to find free money on the table that nobody else is picking up and just walking over and picking it up. You haven't seen anyone else. We've got Pence is talking about running in 24 now. He's doing meetings in D.C., by the way, next week. We know he's speaking at Heritage about this. And also, by the way, President Trump coming back to D.C. next week. He's speaking at the American First Policy Institute. Uh, um, in Washington. I believe that's on Tuesday. So you've got Pence and Trump in D.C. We've got these these uh, sort of these these sounds, you know, we've got this noise from the Nikki Haley camp that she might be running. A lot of people are talking about Christine Nome potentially, uh, Liz Cheney, who I don't know. I think Liz Cheney, maybe she's trying to be the VP for uh, for Mike Pence. You get Pence Cheney in there. And I think that yeah. would be like the establishment's dream team of the a dream uh, team, you know, essentially of a, of a ticket. But it was Donald J. Trump. It was Donald Trump who said that if I return to office, actually, I believe he said when I return to office, that I'm going to make sure that every single person that was kicked out of our military over this will be brought back in, will be reinstated, and with time service. So time, so that's that's time and grade. So the time that you were out to make that's time on your way to your next promotion, right? And so all no, the time and, that they and left. And I think we both agree. I think we both agree that we do need to purge in our military. They're purging the wrong guys. Like oh, the I'm guys with that like, oh, I'm with you. know, the whole military, the whole but, the whole government for at it. I want to go full Bolsonaro uh, on our government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's right. All right. Uh, I want to take it to uh, our my good friend and someone I've really grown to admire, Russ Vote. Uh, Russ, talk to us. Tell the audience what just happened in Congress with this vote on marriage, right? The, the, I think it's, they're, they're calling it the Respect for Marriage Act. There were 47 Republicans who voted for this. It basically codified Obergefell, but I think I actually went a little bit further. I want you to talk about that. But I think one of the things that was most surprising to me was the, 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 the head of the House Freedom Caucus, Scott Perry out of Pennsylvania, was one of the people that voted for it. Uh, t- tell us what's going on. Uh, and what this all means. Yeah, I think on this one, it's helpful to kind of give a linear account, which is how you and I lived it, which is earlier in this week, we found out they, the Democrats were going to do a flash vote. They didn't put this on the schedule. They didn't tell anyone this was coming. Uh, you and I were texting to figure out how to respond most effectively. And so what they did was they put a bill on the floor and it would attempt to, to try to move away from where they believe they're vulnerable on the groomer issues and tie this back to you know the definition of marriage and an affirmation of Obergefell. But they went further and they also included 
uh, essentially an ability for any state's definition of marriage will be recognized federally, uh, which has grave implications because you could have a polygamy uh, uh, decision at the state court that now has to be recognized federally uh, across the country. Uh, Very, very problematic. Uh, This is something that the members voted on as well. Uh, they tried to tie in things like interracial marriage, which is literally no one is talking about uh, 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 messing with that at all. It's a, it's a, it's an equal protection uh, violation stop, in and of stop, itself. Stop, stop, interracial marriage. I, I and, and and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this whole thing is related to the opinion drafted by Clarence yeah. Thomas, who is himself in an interracial marriage is that is that right that's right and so th- they're so they're so reeling in the culture wars which everyone needs to understand and the viewers know we are in a culture war they're reeling that they have to go back to the fact that uh somehow create a pretextual issue about interracial marriage and, a, and 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 that has to be included in a bill that is largely about the definition of marriage and so you had members having to vote on this uh, you and I put out statements immediately to run to the sound of the gun because we knew that you cannot allow the debate to be set as Republicans overwhelmingly go back on the definition of traditional marriage. We have to stand for truth. And culture may be against us, but culture was against us in, in the early 1970s. And people got out of the wreckage of Roe v. Wade and started a movement and changed hearts and minds over a period of time. And that's what we need to do on this as well. So fast forward to the vote, you have a lot of people working it. We were working it. You were working it. Members on the floor were as well. And we got to a fairly good result. I, I was encouraged by most of the Republicans, about 140 plus, stayed strong on the definition of, of, of marriage as a union between man and woman. Unfortunately, we lost the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus. We didn't lose a single other member of the House Freedom Caucus, but we lost Scott Perry gravely disappointed. He knows I'm disappointed in it, in his vote, uh, but it is very troubling. And that's really one of the main uh, flaws of, of, of this week's uh, largely success in being able to keep Republicans on board. But this bill is dangerous. It's now going to the Senate. The Senate, it could pass it. Uh, and we've got a lot of work to do. And you know, people might be thinking, well, why are we talking about this right, right now? It's because we are in a culture war and when you are in a culture war, you've got to be able to articulate truth in the midst of that and do your best, even when the culture and the society is against you. Because with confrontation, you have the ability to educate the country about what is true and what is not true. And you can't go out there as a leader of the, in Congress and say, this untruth is something we're going to embed in our laws. That's not what leadership looks like. No, no, that's exactly right. I mean, look, from my pers- my perspective here on this vote, I think it, one it 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 upsets me because it was a missed opportunity. What's happened since Obergefell, right? What has happened? We we're going after bakers, we're going after florists, we're shutting people's businesses down because they don't want to participate in gay weddings, right? So that's huge. But I think the even bigger thing is. We now have transgender children who are getting sex changes, hormone treatments. They're putting boys in our girls' sports. They're making billions of dollars a year off of all of this stuff, by the way. And they're, they're, they're using the LGBT movement to literally eliminate Christianity from this country. And so it's like, guys, all you have to say is in your, I mean, there's two things you could actually say in, in voting down this is, 
I don't think that things have really progressed in the best way since Obergefell, since we've mandated nationwide abortion or um, gay marriage. But the other thing is, is what the Democrats say when we pass women's sports legislation. This is a solution in search of a problem. Why are we voting on this, right? Um, and, and just real quick, I, I just, sorry, you got me on a, a soapbox here. The thing is, they're retreating though. Right, like the, the 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 bigger so there's signal and then there's noise. The noise is is that this bill like really I think changes that much, right? We already have gay marriage across the country. This was not like a huge victory for Democrats. The signal here, though, what you need to pay attention to is Dems are losing on the other fronts and they're recalibrating. They're retreating back to where they're more comfortable, and they're not just retreating to gay marriage. They're retreating back to interracial marriage. Like that's how badly they're getting their butts kicked is that they had to retreat all the way back to interracial marriage, something that's not on anyone's radar. No one cares about it. No one's really talking about it uh, besides anyway, weirdos. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what your reaction is to that, Russ, but it's it's just these guys are so lame. They're so weak. They can't be creative like this was not a hard vote to take in reality. They are so desperate. They have a hundred year strategy. They have a, de- a strategy that says we're going to call the, the, our enemies right. bigots and racists, and we will do whatever is necessary to be able to maintain that. And it doesn't work anymore. Parents and, and moms, you just talked with one of them, have risen up across the country and said, we know you're going to call us a racist, but we don't care anymore. We know we're not. We have the moral high ground. And in a cultural war, we have to have the moral high ground. We will maintain the moral high ground. We need members in the arena who don't feel like they have to explain their vote when they, when it is on the, on, on the high ground of defending traditional marriage. They need to defend their vote when they are going against traditional marriage. And unfortunately, a few of the people that voted the wrong way are having to do that right now. Russ, how do people find you? How do they get to you? How do they find out more? AmericaRenewing.com, and they can get me at, at Russ Vote on all the channels. My man, thank you so much. Uh, guys, um, we got a, a still a great show Thanks, coming up. We got, we got Mar- Mark Fincham. We got Mike Davis. We got, we got a packed show. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. We're going to talk about um, all the legal fights. We're going to talk about election integrity, going out to Arizona. Stay tuned. It's a great show. Started, everything's begun, and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 
to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. Where there is no quick fix... It is going to be multiple confrontations, and this could be a generational struggle or at least a decades-long struggle. Uh, but I do think that there are signs of hope. Fawn, let's stick in Arizona. Uh, Rusty Bowers, a man who has displayed enormous character publicly standing up against Trumpism, censured last night. Yeah, this was the gentleman who was subpoenaed and did his obligation uh, under the law to come and testify before Congress about the pressure campaign that was applied on him to overturn the Arizona election results. And just two nights ago, the Arizona Republican Party censured him uh, and said that he is no longer a Republican in good standing. He could potentially be booted from office two weeks from now. He yeah. has a Trump-backed primary challenger against him. Uh, you know, actually, Bowers was just talking with a good friend uh, over at our sister station in Phoenix, KPNX, Bram Resnick, last night. And he referred to uh, this apparatus around Donald Trump as the, quote, orange mafia. He said that he will not be bullied. And I think that that's where all of this comes down to. Frankly, it's easier to be a Kerry Lake Republican. It is easier to be Kelly Ward. It is easier to work under the assumption of politics as chaos, that it is facts, that it is moderation, that it is, frankly, decency here. For Rusty Bowers, mm. he has been targeted. Nobody in Arizona questions the East Valley Mormon uh, conservatism of Rusty Bowers. But look what has happened to him. And he may be booted from office. Tomorrow, Donald Trump is coming to Arizona, campaigning alongside Kerry Lake and supporting the individual that is running against him here. You know, I was talking to some folks in Arizona, those that have known Kerry for a long time. And I said, what ultimately triggered her from being news anchor to running for governor and essentially taking the chains off of who she was? And it was the moderation part of it. When you're in journalism, right, you have to have some form of uh, self-reflection humility, being open ears and helping a conversation and dialogue take place. But when you can run for political office, you can be whoever the hell you want to be and you can say whatever. And guess what? Controversy stirs up engagement. She now has more than 300,000 Twitter followers. She is a right hand to Donald Trump. Somebody, if she wins this primary and ultimately the general election, her rise in this Republican Party will only continue to climb. And she's going to prove to other Republicans ahead that that sort of conservatism, that sort of right wing politics works, not the Rusty Bowers type of politics. My word. These every time I see a clip from MSNBC, it's like I'm looking at people living in an alternative universe. It's it's truly shocking. But what's interesting is we know who they're afraid of, right? They're they're afraid of of Carrie Lake. They're afraid of Blake Masters. They're afraid of Mark Fincham. They're afraid of us, and they're telling us that. So it, it's it's incredible. Someone though that I just want to be clear that I'm really not afraid of is uh kamala harris jack talk to us i mean we still got to go back to this COVID thing i mean what's what's your take i mean people are coming in what's going on well i actually think you know terry that that last uh that last bit you just played there from msnbc i actually said you know what i agree a hundred percent 
I do want the kind of candidates that are willing to challenge the establishment. I do want the kind of candidates that don't run from the fight. Oh, he's saying uh, if, if they're fighting, if there's controversy, that breeds engagement. No, no. People follow someone when they see someone fighting for their interests. That's all it is. That's all conservatives have ever wanted in this country. That's all working class uh, voters have ever wanted in this country, middle class voters. They just want someone who represents them and represents their interests. And that's what you see with Kerry Lake and Blake Masters. That's why they're doing well. It doesn't have anything to do with any specific one you know, oh, because they pledged fealty to Donald Trump in some kind of, you know, you know, with the ceremony that we all go through, Terry, you know, the fealty to Trump ceremony with the hoods and everything. You know, it's very late at night. There's a, a giant owl statue. It's very interesting. No, but but there is there is something I wanted to get into here. Kamala Harris. We've got the statement now, folks. Kamala Harris. She's just come out with this. Here we go. I'm going to read it in full. President Biden is positive, but he's positive because he's not negative. And as a result of his positive condition, this means he is no longer negative as to his condition of positivity. Thank you. The illustrious words from our great, our great soon to be acting president of the United States. Kamala Harris, can you feel it? Are you no, ready, no, America? That, that's, not ready. No, ready. that's not no, real. That's not real. That's not real. Yes, it is, Terry. <laughs> yes, How it bad is. is it? It has to be How real. How bad is it Twitter. that I thought that? It has to be real. No, it's not real. I thought that was real. You thought it was because of all of her quotes. It's. Um, I mean, if we had there's a ten percent chance. Terry, we should we should go in and make like an actual SNL kind of show or something because I mean <laughs> the, the the content is just for days. You got content for days from these people. Yeah. No. Hire Shane Gillis. First hire of the day will be Shane Gillis. Um, there you go. All right. I'm gonna take it to uh, Mark Fincham. Mark. Uh, What's going on with uh, the, the you guys are in district court uh, with the Dominion machine, machines. Talk, talk to us about that. We've, we've got a lot going on in Arizona um, and it's good to see Jack. I haven't seen him in so long. Um, number yeah, one, Mark. we have uh, today the U.S. District Court is going to hear motions to dismiss. Carrie Lake and I filed suit in the U.S. District Court, a civil rights suit uh, to ask for a preliminary injunction against using the Dominion voting machines, um, actually any black box ballot tabulation equipment until such time as we can inspect the code to verify whether or not there is nefarious code in hidden within it. Um, this morning, um, Judge Tishi will hear uh, the motions to dismiss and the defense against those. And then he's also already scheduled time this afternoon to hear evidence and testimony supporting uh, the temporary injunction. Uh, an interesting twist in our minds. So now, Terry, I want to I want to go forward. So you're looking at you've got this case going forward, but the primary is coming up and it's what August 2nd. Is that correct? And as well as early voting has already taken place. And we've interviewed a bunch of people along. We had carry on earlier this week about this. Tell us, will this affect the current election? And what are you seeing? What kind of trends are you seeing going towards that? Are you seeing uh, especially obviously from Republicans? Yeah, I, it's unfortunately, it, we don't have time for it to affect the primary. Gotcha. Um, what we're seeing right now is a lot of undervoting. Um, folks are waiting until the last moment. And we also are hearing that there's a lot of people who have now become so suspicious of the mail-in voting process that they want to go to the polls and vote at the polls. Uh, I myself have myself off of Yeah, I mean, that's the only way that we're going to be able to make a dent in this. We've got stories from all over the state 
individuals receiving more than one ballot where they've never received more than one ballot before. So it's very clear that somehow the zone is being flooded with paper. Um, and, and, and it helps that people are, are rec waking up and recognizing that going to the polls is going to help resolve that. Now, if we are able to get the TRO, that will take effect for the general. That's, that doesn't mean, though, that we aren't able to come back. You know, we're going to do, be doing exit polling. We've already got a pretty good idea on where people are coming from, um, you know, whether they'll vote for me or my competition. Um, we're dialed in on that. And if it's too far off, if the result is too far off of that, we'll use the information in this case uh, to demand a hand count. Uh, the same thing, frankly, for Tina Peters up in Colorado. I think that they're preparing to use our argument up there which I think is a wise argument. If you can't verify that the machine that's tabulating votes is free of nefarious code, why would you use it? I mean, and, and then ask the question, is it certified? Which I'm pretty sure it's not. I mean, 2020, it wasn't certified. But I would like to go back to Rusty Bowers for a moment. This whole orange mafia crap, I hand-delivered evidence to that man in front of another member at his office in front of another member. I want to emphasize that. There was a witness that I delivered evidence and I told him, frankly, we have a problem in Pima County, we have a problem in Maricopa County and we need to get ahead of it. So for him to go to Congress and say, I didn't see any evidence, that was willful disregard of what was placed in front of him and that makes him derelict in his duty. I absolutely think that the Arizona GOP Executive Committee did the right thing. He has been derelict in his duty repeatedly. In fact, this guy wouldn't even hear bills that were designed to bring reforms to the election process. He shelved them. He shelved them. When we knew what the problems were, he shelved those bills. He does not have the right to be a leader in the Republican Party. Well, you know, and it's and it's sad, too, because you look at things like this and one of when you mentioned about people going back and they wanted to vote in person and use the paper ballot, get rid of the mail. I can remember one of my first memories of anything in the political process was going with my father and I, you know, he let me come in the booth with him. And that was back. You actually still had the, uh, you know, the levers. Right. And you had to wear these little yeah. almost like a cash register right in Pennsylvania. But understanding and my father he never impressed his politics on me never said you have to vote for this party that party but it, he was he said it's important to make sure you vote and it's important to be part because you're doing your part for your country there's something right. that we lose if we take away these rituals these are national rituals that are part of our country they're part of our traditions and they're actually trying to take it away that's how you pass it on to your children and that's how they pass it on to their children but they want to take everything of that away and they want to use these new systems that of course which they control or it interferes with the chain of custody correct anytime you have something that goes between the voter and who's counting the vote that is an interference in the chain of custody and it's it we, we can't tolerate it but but the establishment fighting the grassroots they want they want to make it about Trump Truly, this is the establishment to the grassroots sit down and shut up. I mean, we've got evidence of this right now. Tomorrow, President Trump is going to be in Prescott Valley. This has been scheduled for a couple of weeks. We had this postpone it because of uh, Ivana's Mark, um, Mark, passing. Mark, 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 we're, we're, 
we're running up into a break. Uh, we're going to carry this through the next segment, okay? So stick around. Okay. Um, hang on tight. We want, you, sure. we want you here. This is important stuff. Arizona is hot, hot, hot country right now, especially in the summer with everything going on. Guys, stay tuned. We got still got a great show for you. Uh, we'll see you after the break. Hey, did you hear where this Arizona real estate agent found the home she lived in listed for sale? Hey, the problem was she wasn't selling her home. She was the victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime happening all over the country. According to the expert at Home Title Lock, the crime is incredibly profitable and hard to detect. An identity thief simply fakes a title transfer for your home and refiles it as the new owner. Then he takes out loans on your home or sells it. Typically, identity theft services don't cover you, and neither does homeowner's insurance. But Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title, they help shut it down and help get your home back in your name. Here's what you should do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials. Then register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. And when you protect your home, tell them Steve Bannon sent you to get your free 30 days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, 30 days. Free protection if you do it today. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Good afternoon, War Room Posse. It is me, Terry Schilling, filling in for the legendary Stephen K. Bannon. We're going to uh, actually go to um, uh, someone that's been in the courthouse in a little bit, but I want to take this to back to Mark. Mark, wrap this up. Tell people what they need to know. What what do they need to do right now? If you're in Arizona, how do they get engaged? How do they how do they take care of this thing and and, and finish this fight? Yeah, thanks, Terry. So um, I'm starting to highlight for you that. Uh, we have an event tomorrow in Prescott Valley that's, uh, I think, limited to about 5,000 people that's been on the books for quite some time. And out of the sky blue, Mike Pence, Mike Pence, Doug Ducey, Jan Brewer, they're going to hold an alternative event supporting the Swamp Preachers, Darren Taylor Robson, Bo Lane, um, their alternative slate of establishment types. I would remind you that Bo Lane is actually a Democrat plant. Uh, he's given repeatedly to Act Blue, to Greg Stanton, a Democrat congressman. In fact, that's the seat that actually flipped Arizona from red to blue in our congressional caucus. So we have the swamp versus the establishment, or I'm sorry, the establishment versus the grassroots. And I think it's interesting that they, they chose a place not more than 20 miles away from where President Trump is going to be, and at exact same time. So this is truly a grudge match between the establishment, you might say Doug Ducey, and President Trump. Um, I think that the uh, the Trump event is sold out. Um, I would love to see like 12 people in circles at the Pence event. Uh, not sure that probably is too much to ask for, but if people want to help me, and by the way, um, we are uh, about five points ahead of the competition. That's still a little too close for my comfort. 
We're seeing undervote with independents and even with Republicans. So I'm hoping that people will go to the polls if they haven't done their early voting. Um, and of course, vote for me. But if they want more information on me, if they want to donate to the campaign, because this is getting expensive. This is the most expensive primary in Arizona history. They can go to votefincham.com. That's V-O-T-E-F like Frank, I-N-C-H-E-M.com. And click the donate button up in the upper right hand corner. Or if they want to watch the uh, previous interviews so that they know that I'm the real deal, they can click on news. So thanks for your time, guys. I really appreciate getting the word out. And, and um, this truly is, in Arizona, the swamp fighting the grassroots. They want us to sit down and shut up. That's not happening. Mark, keep fighting the fight, brother. We appreciate everything you do. Guys, we got to get engaged. We got to get them over the top, over the finish line. We only have a few more days left. This is what this country is all about, is winning elections and taking back power from evil people. Thank you so much, Mark, uh, for joining us. Uh, guys, we have... Um, uh, Joe Nearman is uh, on the ground. He just literally, this is how great War Room is. We've got people everywhere. Joe literally just stepped out of the courthouse. Uh, Joe, can you talk to us about what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what's, what's going on there? Sure. So today, yesterday, the prosecution rested and it surprised everyone because they only brought two witnesses and they had little more than one full day of testimony. And... Just two witnesses, it was Kirsten Ameling and then a special agent Hart, and they said prosecution rests. Now, with respect to, today we started at 11 o'clock, the judge told us we're going to have a late start, and he made reference at that time to when we get started, the uh, defense can bring their Rule 29 motion for, uh, for judgment of acquittal. So under Federal Rule 29, when the prosecution rests, the defense has the opportunity at that at that time to ask the court to give basically a directed verdict that no reasonable jury could possibly find for a conviction. And these motions are always made and invariably they are granted. But there are strategic reasons why attorneys bring it. I'm saying this as, as a New York litigator who came down here to cover this trial and provide some insight in that. Once you bring this motion, you lock in place all the information that the prosecution has put before the jury and anything that would come up down the road, which may somehow enhance the prosecution's possibilities of conviction, that would get excluded. So even though you know you're going to lose your motion, you're, and it, everyone loses this motion, I can, I can assure you that Steve is not going to win on this motion today, but those are the motions that are brought. The, the problem that came up this morning, though, is the judge realized that he said that in front of the jury. And he is concerned, very concerned, that since he made reference to the defense bringing this motion, and then he's going to deny the motion, that the jury will misinterpret that as him weighing in with his opinion that they should convict him, that they should not acquit him, that they should convict him. So he's very concerned about that. And he was asking both sides what steps they want to take to cure it. And he was thinking about saying, look, you might have heard me say yesterday that they're going to bring a motion to dismiss, but you need to understand my, my role in denying that motion or sitting on that motion is different than your role because I have to look at the, the facts and light most favorable to the prosecution. And that's not your, that's not your role. And what an interesting bit of strategy here is both the prosecution and the defense said, we don't want you to go through all that. Because if you go through that whole lengthy explanation, you're only calling more attention to it 
than if you didn't, than if you say nothing and you just explain the difference in your rules without making reference to that Rule 29 motion. It's a really interesting thing because the judge is arguing with them. He doesn't think it's enough. He's, he's very concerned. And he's like, even though both sides are saying they don't want me to do it, I don't feel comfortable with just leaving it at your traditional instruction. I really want to make sure I'm addressing this specific concern so they don't misinterpret what I said. So that was what was happening right when I came out. There's a lot of questions that people have and different speculation. Will Steve take the stand or will he plead the fifth? Um, will he succeed in getting any mo- any members of Congress to actually appear, any members of the committee be compelled to appear as, as he's been very hopeful of? So And and if not, who does he have left to, to come and appear on his behalf? Because the only the only witnesses one can think of would be him him standing on taking the stand himself, which that would be. Oh my God, that would be Joe, crazy to watch. Joe, Joe, yeah. what, what's the, what's the mood in the room? I mean, who 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 does it feel like is winning? Right, like is the prosecution pretty confident? They've thrown high fives. You know, what's 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 it like in there? It's actually very sedate on both sides. When you're when you're in the courtroom, there it's it's got the same it's got the same type of atmosphere as. I, I mean, when you step into a funeral parlor, it's like everyone's very respectful. The jury, the jury is, is sits far recessed, and you can't really see that they've been engaged. From, from what I've seen, they've certainly been looking back and forth. It's not one of these long trials where they have time to zone out. I mean, they they were sitting there for a total what one day, so it's not like they've been they've been engaged. Some of them have been taking notes; others just seem to be looking, you know, back and forth. You know, as far as far as how this is going, it's how you would expect it to go in the sense that we're in Washington here. This is a zone which is going to be very hostile to Steve Bannon by nature. When I was watching the jury selection, some people got up there and they were like, I don't like his former boss. I think that he's one person got there and said, I think he's guilty. The judge is like, OK, next, <laughs> you know, that, you wouldn't have that in most places. Right. Where like a potential jury gets up. And says, I think the guy's guilty. I think he did it. And I don't know what I'm even wasting the court's time for. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I mean, that's the overall attitude. I have more respect for the ones who admit their prejudice than the ones who pretend and say, hey, look, you know, I think that, you know, I, I, I think that I've never been a big fan. I'm very, I vote left all the time, but I think I can be fair here. I, I, I can set that aside. Those are the people who make me that much more nervous. Didn't they? Right? They're the ones who were trying to get on the yeah. jury. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I yep. respect. No. The, I respect the other side when they want to, when they when they come out and say that's where they're coming from. But I've been going on. If you guys have more specific questions, hey Joe. Please. So, yeah. So, so I'm down here in Tampa. You and I were together in the courthouse for a couple of days there. Uh, you know, I, I saw it, and and we saw Steve, right? And mm-hmm. I think for the audience, um, I think they would like to potentially know that you know he's in there and he's he's sitting, he's rock solid. He's he's not he's not, he's not wavering. He's not, not quivering. Right. He's, oh he's looking around. He's paying attention. He's taking his notes. He is engaged as he's ever been, because mark my words, it looks like to me that he is going to be using all of this. Right. He's collecting receipts for something in the future. Tell me what's Steve like in there. Uh, what do you think that when you when you look at Steve, by the way, did I hear they're taking the masks off that he doesn't have to wear the mask anymore? Not just. So this is what happened. First of all, since day one, he's been sitting there as if it's not his own trial even. He seems so comfortable. He's just sitting there just watching what's happening. He's, he's definitely engaged. He's definitely, you know, curious. But even when they would get on the husher and he has a phone there, a husher is when 
There's private things that the gallery is not supposed to hear. There's private information. And he has a phone there that the same way all the attorneys have to get on the phone with the judge and talk directly. He doesn't even bother picking up the phone. He's like so not he is the he is the I least that. concerned that well. accused ever. And when they when the judge came started yesterday, after the jury was in panel, so the judge says, Anyone sitting in the well, my rule is if you want to leave your mask on, you leave your mask on. If you want to take your mask off, you have every right to take. And before he finished the sentence, Steve yanks the mask off his face and throws it down. <laughs> it was hilarious. He literally yanked it off and threw it down in disgust. And like he was easily the first. The guy, the judge, did not finish the sentence when he threw it off. And slowly but surely, pretty much everyone in that well. On both sides, they, they just started slowly pull, pulling off the mask, pulling off the mask, because no one wants to wear this stupid thing. They make us, they make us sitting in the gallery and the media wear it. They make you wear it walking to the wall. But uh, I mean, it, it's it's all there's no medicine behind it. It's all just it's it's just virtue signaling medicine. It's, it's so it's whatever. I don't. I don't want. No, I don't want to get into that. So we we've been there and we've been and we've been uh, you know we've been covering it and of course. Um, you know, of course, Steve, uh, believe it or not, it was, has still been up on his getter feed, right, when he's not in court. And I think uh, there were some getter posts that were brought up in a, in a trial. I wonder if this is the first time that getter has been brought up in a, uh, in a criminal trial, let alone a federal trial. But um, you know, it, yeah, I actually can't think of any, any other time that's happened. But when it comes to the actual situation, right? Do you think that Steve is is worried? Because we do know that there is a potential, and I'm sure the prosecutors are going to go for this. They want to put him behind bars. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think they do. I don't think Steve has any concerns about that in the slightest. That doesn't mean he won't spend time in prison, but because the minimum sentence is 30 days, the maximum is two is is one year for each charge. There are two charges that he can be convicted of. So the maximum sentence that he could get would be two years, but he has no, my knowledge, he has no record that comes into account. It's hard to imagine him spending more than like 60 or 90 days in prison. And what I expect to happen is this. I think the thought process, if you want to see a, a route for him not to spend time in prison, despite the fact that he's being tried in a political trial by his enemies in the most hostile arena in the world, the most likely way for him to elude that would be if he brings an appeal and he asks the court to stay execution of his sentence until after the appeal is heard. And the appeal could take some time hey guys, to be heard. I got some breaking yeah. news about this case real quick. Uh, CNN just announced that Steve Bannon's uh, team will not prevent or present a defense to the jury. So they're just going to let it go. They, I'm not they're just going to let it go here. Wow. I'm not wow. It's bold. bold. It's bold. Very bold. Very bold. It's, I, you can't expect anything less. Yeah, because he's basically saying, I don't believe in anything about this whole system that you have set up here. Your whole committee is crap. This whole charge is crap. And yeah, All I'm right, not, we're, we're going to carry this into the break. Uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun. And you are years have proven that we need to be prepared. 
We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone, 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to sat, that's S-A-T, 123.com sat 123.com slash Bannon and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's sat 123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now welcome back to the war room everyone i wanted to read a quick quote that we got so uh from the case uh nichols s uh bannon's defense you're not intending to put any evidence to the jury Correct, Your Honor, Schoen said. Guys, we should be so proud of this guy. Total, bold move, totally aggressive. You can't expect anything less. And you know what? Frankly, we need to treat this as what it is, a huge show trial that's a joke. It's unserious. It's fundamentally tyrannical, and it's a show trial. Uh, I want to take it back to you, Joe. Uh, Close us out. What are the last things you want to leave us with, and how can people find you? So uh, what this tells you is that he recognizes the left wants to make a martyr out of Steve Bannon. They basically, they're so foolish. Every time they try suppressing the right, every time they try sending a message that we're going to punish you, or we're going to make an example out of you, all it does is it just raises the megaphone louder and makes the figures larger than life. Now they're basically turning him into a political martyr. I think that they're so... They're so short-sighted. They want to get a 10-second win and not realize that you're basically making Steve Bannon into to an icon that is that much stronger. And I, I just don't it, – it's very, very foolish. And the he thing that's po- that puzzling like, to me – what's puzzling to me is obviously Steve Bannon is not a guy that likes to win as much as he likes – or as much as he hates losing. Right. Like he is about winning, but only because he hates losing. You're never that is a type of 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 mental condition that is tough to beat. when you have an allergy and you're allergic to losing, you'll do anything to win. Right. And and that's what we're seeing from Bannon. He's never going to back down on this stuff. Right. Right. And that's why he's like, I'm not going to bend the knee. I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not even going to participate in your trial here. 
you want to just send me to prison, go send me to prison, go punish me the way you want to, and I'll take it on the chin, and I will just keep going and growing and getting stronger and stronger. So, that's just, Joe, it's, where can it's people bad. find you? So my name is Joe Nierman. You can find me on YouTube. My channel is called Good Logic. That's G-O-D. Logic spelled L-A-W-G-I-C. I'm a New York attorney. I do nightly streams from 10 to midnight Eastern. And I cover law. I cover politics. I walk you through it. It's a fun show. That's Good Logic on YouTube. Also, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Nierman Joe. That's N-I-E-R-M-A-N-J-O-E. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on here. And you guys are great. Keep going strong. Joe, my friend, thank you so much. Jack, we are in the thank final you. minutes of this show. Uh, you know what? There's a clip I actually want to play. Uh, Cameron, can you get that up? There's no excuse. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. A, this continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated from the quadruple boosted, triple masked commander in chief. Jack, well, what's your reaction? No, Terry, and it was one year ago today at the CNN town hall where President Biden said, if you get the vaccines, you will not get infected. How many times did he tell us this again and again and again? But we're just seeing now coming across the, the desk here from a former Hillary Clinton advisor stating, right, and I told you the sharks are circling the water because they can smell the blood, they can smell the weakness. Hillary Clinton officially considering a run for the presidency 2024. Stop. So we're going to have to break stop. all that it's, down tomorrow. Stop. This is, is that coming. real? It's so, it's so real. And by the way, Rasmussen, they sent me over a, yeah, that one is real actually. And they sent me over a piece. Let me get the numbers up this morning. Because in the new Rasmussen coming up today, 69% of voters do not want Hillary Clinton to run for president. Again, 69%. So pretty I'm much surprised her approval ratings low. are right, right around where Joe Biden's approval rating is. Because they look at her as a loser. They look at her as a failed candidate. They look at her and Joe Biden as part of that same kind of you know, click of the old guard of the Democrat Party that they want to get rid of. And even though Kamala is is sort of like she's like the Hillary of California anyway, right? She's at least someone that they'd be willing to get behind because she's just not one of them. But, you know, as we close it out here today, I just want to let everybody know that we're down here at SAS. We're at Turning Point. We'll be doing the show here from uh, from the studio again today down here. And I want to also thank Rumble for letting me use this is the Rumble booth. Of course, War Room um, loves Rumble. If you want to, if you're watching War Room or if you want to catch it after the show, right, you can catch it live on Rumble. You can also catch it in the clips that go up every day. You can catch the episodes every day. I personally, I'm a 2x guy. I like watching it when I if I if I'm not on, right, and I'm watching and I can't watch live. I go back. I listen 2x. Rumble is a great, great platform to do that, and I really appreciate them coming in very clutch, like like almost midnight last night. And then getting this all set up so that we'd be able to do the show from here, from Turning Point SAS, which is going to be, which is the center of the conservative galaxy this weekend. You're not kidding. And you you really, I just want to say, you have to go to one of these Turning Point events. It can be Student Action Summit. You don't get it. It can be the, you don't get it until you walk in those doors and you see 10,000 young kids screaming at the top of their lungs 
for Tucker Carlson and Charlie Kirk. Charlie's built a great organization over there. Um, Jack, thank you so much. Uh, real quick, before we sign off, we got about a minute left. I just want to put a plug in. Uh, go to, you You guys are fans of Raheem and the National Pulse. Go to funrealnews.com. Check them out. They are doing the Lord's work. They need way more exposure. We need to expand that team. That's actually part of American Principles Project. It's it's one of our our projects, our news outlet. So uh, well, check Terry, us out know, on the I web. I did back on this week. I did get him actually back on the show for the first time in like forever. I know. People were wondering what happened. And we just, I just love Raheem. He's I think we need to bring friend. him back. Let's bring Raheem back. And, and of course, the great Natalie Winters. We need her on. Dr. Burks, everything. She's still doing the work. I say we bring her back. What do you say? Bring her back. Bring her back. Let's do it. Thanks so much, guys. Check out American Principles Project at SaveTheFamily.app. Join as a member for $8 a month. SaveTheFamily.app. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, ever. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 thousand Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.